Hi, everybody. We have an absolutely wonderful guest with us today. His name is Chris Bledsoe, and he is probably the most studied of all contactees, is the casual word for it, um, probably in the United States anyway. And the reason is because he has no guile. He came from a background that would not indicate he'd be looking for contact, UFOs, beings from other dimensions, but they showed up all right in mass and have they have not stopped. So let's go to Chris and find out what some of his experiences are, but more so what some of the messages have been, because he is a messenger. Didn't want it, but he is a messenger. So Chris, it's good to have you on my show. Well, I'm honored, Regina. Thank you for inviting me on. I think it's really important to let people know, you know, your background, you, you, you were really kind of a country boy and right. a Christian going to church on Sundays and hunting, you know, with the family. And um, you were a builder, a, a, a contractor, a builder. You started at a very young age. So you were living a very kind of normal life when all these contacts started and Let's just, um, we don't have to go into great detail of it, but just kind of set up the year and the beings that first startled you and your son and ultimately your entire family and how this journey began, because you're here for an important reason. If we all remember the 2001 World Trade Center disaster and then by 08, the financial collapse, well, I became a victim of that um, uh, because of building it, the building business in Fayetteville, which is a veterans market, just shut down. And my whole 20 years of working building just was going away in slow motion. And I was dealing with Crohn's disease and it got worse and worse and worse. And, and it led to uh, a near-death experience that... Um, I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up on life. Uh, and so I was crying out. I went fishing with my son and three guys that were working on a project that we had going on the coast for four months long project, building a home. And um, they came home with, uh, after doing the punch list and had the, the final check and uh, they wanted to celebrate. So we went fishing that day and that was the day that really changed everything because I was crying out to, to heaven, uh, whoever's up there help my, my son and these guys were fishing and I, I wasn't, I went into fishing. They didn't know what I was thinking. I just kind of kept saying, I'm going for a walk. I'll be back. And it ended up losing four hours of time. And um, uh, and all five of us was involved in this thing. They saw it. Uh, we uh, we had a harrowing night there. Uh, after I'd had all I could take, I, I I had to talk to somebody about it. My wife and the church did not want me talking about it. Because, well, and it traumatized your son too, uh, uh, because yeah. he was involved in it. And uh, all of this. That's, I mean. This became a normal part. I mean, not normal, but became a part of your family's life. Yeah, uh, these yeah. things showing up and these orbs showing up. And ultimately, we're going to talk about her, the lady, the lady yeah. showing up. And But your your body was broken down. Your finances were broken down. You didn't know what you had to, if you could stay any longer when this happened. Right. right? Exactly. That's where I was. Yeah. yeah. I, was, 
I was desperate. I mean, here I am, had uh, made a lot of money and uh, had a lot of uh, apartments and all that. I had to sell it all. But I was always able to buy my children lunch at school. And now I'm facing free lunches. So that's where I was that day. Because it's important for everyone to know why this whole thing happened. It wasn't um, because they just wanted to come bother some guy, some country boy on a fishing trip, right? I was literally on my knees for weeks during that time. It wasn't just that day. I've been for weeks crying out, Lord, help me. Chris, you, you mentioned a near-death experience that you had had, right? Yeah. Can you talk about that? In 04, uh, my sickness had gotten so bad, this Crohn's disease. And, and it was getting worse because my, my stress level was through the roof. And I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, and my doctor knew it. And uh, my 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 gastrologist uh, passed away, so I had to go back to my private doctor to get uh, a new referral to continue my medication that I'd been on for years. And um, he said, "Look, there's new study out that this this drug called Paxil helps people with depression, and depression." is what makes Crohn's disease worse. It gets worse when you stress. Everybody knows when you have a, you can be stressed and you get an upset stomach. Well, imagine that when you got Crohn's, it gets multiplied by 25. So he, he they put me on this drug and within uh, two weeks, he referred me to a psychiatrist to talk to, to maybe monitor me. You know, they were treating this Crohn's disease with this new, what he'd been reading on. And uh, lo and behold, nobody knew, nor did my doctor, that this psychiatrist had uh, gone off the rails and was taking drugs, his own medication. And he OD'd while treating me and his whole staff, people that he had on, that he was, long story short, my wife comes home. Six months after I started seeing this doctor, I was unconscious in the woods next door. They had to look for me to find me. And um, I was taken to the hospital and he had put me on medication, uh, knowing that you had to have your blood tested, right? Right. And, and they weren't doing that. When you were in that experience where you were unconscious, do you have any recall of what happened? I was laying in the hospital on a stretcher underneath the, from my head to toe covered completely in a room. And my wife was sitting there uh, in a chair uh, crying. But how I knew it is I came out from under that uh, blanket. It was a white blanket. And I was up at the ceiling looking down. And these three doctors came in the room and I even knew their names. This is how I blew them mm -hmm. all away. And um, he said, this is sure a shame. This is the 113th patient that this doctor has hospitalized. 113 of his patients. And he was dead. He died um, from his own overdose. So that's how it started. And I thought, how much worse can it get? This is in the book, by the way. Yeah, it's all in the book. Exactly. Yeah. UFO of God is the name of the book because we haven't mentioned it yet. 
Now let's move the story forward to you're out in the woods, you're fishing, you're on, they're, they're fishing, you're not, you're on your knees saying, please help me. I can't go on. And uh, so just tell us the nature of what showed up in response to that. I was actually walking along uh, in this quarter mile road. It goes an eighth of a mile along the river, just some flat ground right along the river and for halfway and then the other half it turns west and goes uphill about 10 minutes after five just before dark but in january the sun is setting already and i couldn't see the sun i'm heading west but i'm looking up at a cattle gate an eighth of a mile in front of me up about 100 feet and when i got near that cattle gate uh, within 20 30 feet of it i began to see the other side of the field still couldn't see the field but i could see all and what I thought was the sun for a minute, uh, when you can look at it before it sets and it doesn't hurt your eyes, I thought that's what I saw. I took two or three steps up higher and I looked up again. And next time I looked, there's two of them, two suns. Yeah. And they were about 40 or 50 feet round, glowing, swirling balls of fire. They were orange red uh, tangerine and it was shifted into this blood red color and the fire was going around this object and it was about a 50 foot ball there were about 300 yards from uh, the road between i was at the back of the field so the highway is 200 yards in yeah. front of me and there were just beyond that and so after a few minutes of seeing this and becoming afraid um but curious. So I started to run. And when I turned my body to run, I had to look back one more time. And when I did a third one up above me, and I'm still looking at these two, but this one above them came shooting down beside those two. And that, that moment, Virginia, is what changed everything. Because I knew at that very second, I'm not just observing something, it's observing me. I was on its radar and it let me know it. When I went to run, it knew I was going to run and I knew it knew it. And that's that very moment is what changed my whole life. The next thing I see is the fire 50 feet in front of me and I'm walking out of the darkness up to this fire. No lights down there, only the glow of the fire. And I see these three guys standing looking down, but I had no clue. Four hours had passed. I thought 20 minutes had gone by. Then you connected with your son. Yep. And as I recall, he was down in the grass and he uh, was terrified. Yeah. That eighth of a mile down that uh, river path that parallels the river, stead flat. Well, there's a hundred and uh, not quite a hundred yards, let's say a 75 yard circle round circle 75 yards across so he's at the back of the cul-de-sac looking for his dad i had gone in those was earlier that day while the other guys one stayed at the fire and two took my truck mm -hmm. looking so he could see all the way across the 75 yards this cul-de-sac plus the eighth of a mile of road before it turns west and he had seen these orbs come out of the woods. Never, didn't have a clue what it was. It was just two red balls of light across the path way down at the end. So it was a long ways from where he was. And um, 
it came back out of the riverside, came back into the path. The fire is between him and, and them, right? So he couldn't go back to the fire. So he started hiding as they got closer. And when they got within 15, 20 feet, he could see there were these little beings with red eyes. They were what orbs. And it, he was gone missing for two hours. And so let's talk about the nature of the beings. I mean, we often think of the little grays, right, right. with the dark kind of almond large eyes. But these beings had red eyes. Can you describe them? Because your family ended up seeing, your wife saw them, your kids yeah. have seen them. So yeah. describe to us what the red beings sort of looked like, number one, and number two, what they felt like to you. These things often look like ghosts. Um, they can walk by you and you not see them or you can see it. and if they want you to they can turn their glow up they glow like the color of the moon the soft white glow they're three three and a half feet tall and they're wearing something over their eyes to where they can see in the dark or anywhere i mean and this is, is that what, what the glowing red is yeah yeah, okay. there's some sort of infrared device that were over their eyes. Now, these guys that communicated with you and came oftentimes in UFO circles, these are almost looked at as sort of scouts for the other yeah. beings. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And did yeah. you have any communication with these beings, with the red eyes? Yeah. And uh, the very night that it happened on the river, Chris Jenner and I, after we were uh, terrorized, terrified, the whole crowd of us, and we left to go home. We got trapped. The, the one that took me was hovering in front of us and blocked our path. But when we ended up home that night, after dropping these other three men off, Christian and I at home, and uh, we hear something come over, uh, this humming sound, and suddenly my dad next door had, uh, he's dead now, but he'd had a kennel since before I was born. He raised dogs and he had 15 dogs there that night and they all went crazy barking. And um, Jenner, Chris Jenner was terrified. He didn't want to go out the door, but I went out anyhow. He went with me holding my shirt and we walked real quietly over to where I thought somebody was breaking in the garage. And what they had done is followed us home. There was all these dogs barking into the woods, facing into the darkness in the woods. And they would, we couldn't see anything. We just hear every dog was uh, all bristled up. And long story short, we made a plan to send the dog that was in the yard with us, which is a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, 110 pound dog very tough i said junior she'll she'll go in and run out whatever's in there christopher ran back to the house he didn't want any more excitement that night i ran on back to the back of the property trying to see who might be in there so once you caught up with the being what did they communicate to you i thought it was there to harm me in fact um it, it scared me so bad i just said i surrender and uh it Look at me, and now the dog remember chased it out of the woods. It's still coming, and uh, the, the dog's behind me, and the beans on the other side of. And so um, I I said I surrender, and it said you don't understand. And this loud voice in my head it said uh, we're here to help you, not hurt you. 
And about that time, my dog came on out of the woods and this thing just disappeared right, right out of it. So how long was it then and uh, before you heard from them again? So this is your first encounter. You were on your knees praying for help. They came and they said, we are here to help you. You know, we'll talk about some of the drama that happened around Discovery Channel and all that a little later. But what was the next meeting and the nature of the message in the next meeting? The next meeting was two nights later. Uh, it was, uh, this was what, Monday, Wednesday night. Um, Chris Jenner and I still at home by ourselves. We look back behind the house about 9.30 and it's lit up with these lights and I make my way back in there, walked up on these two beings and they communicated to me that everything on this planet, including every cell in our body, every blade of grass, everything has a consciousness. It's all communicating with this like wireless network and, and it's all has its own function. In other words, the cells in our body, we don't tell them what to do. This, this consciousness does. And they made me realize that uh, wildlife and animals that I had hunted all my life were, uh, if they run from you, a bug even, they don't want to die so it has a consciousness and it is trying to save itself and it's not my right to take it and uh just and not have any feel of any meaning or connection to it so it changed me i never kill bugs i never right anything i hunt it all okay i have a, a, a funny little question for you in a minute but this changed you and your culture of your friends and your family because you were no longer hunter and this reminds me of a scene that took place in a film called powder where this special young man uh was able to show the hunter what was happening inside the deer it was a a very powerful scene and it sounds like you had your own version of that without having to be in that exact moment of having killed a deer i have this question for you because people are like i don't want to kill anything either but how do you reroute ants so they don't overtake your kitchen I don't even cut my grass very often because I feel like <laughs> I hear you. I hate pruning trees and all of that. I, I feel yeah. like you, but I'll still wipe the ants off the counter because I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I'm just asking you that because that's the probably the one thing that comes up for most people. Um, okay, so you were shown that everything is alive and conscious. Everything is alive and conscious. You're no longer hunting. You're beginning to get an education from the other side, from what you later learned as your soul family. Because what happens is this really starts picking up where these experiences, you reported them, you reported to MUFON, MUFON found out, Discovery Channel found out. But let's talk about, before we get to Discovery Channel, what was the thing that peaked, which experience was it that peaked them to come in and try to include you in one of their programs? When I reported it to MUFON, they brought them. And it was a joint thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and see, back then, the government had the UFO classified uh, in a way uh, as high as anything in there is. And so I, I understand why they did what they did, although it was terrible. So you're saying that MUFON alerts media when these things happen? 
Well, I'm saying that MUFON came to me uh, in February mm -hmm. of 2008. I never reported it until 10 months later. Oh, how did they come to you? What what happened? Well, what? I, re I reported it on their website. Oh, on their website. Okay, so they came to you. When they came to me, they sent the local guy from North Carolina. Yeah. And once he made his report, immediately I get a call from California. And they're saying, this is a big case. We want to put other people on it. So they brought in a guy, uh, two guys. One came from Washington. Uh, he actually moved from Virginia. Worked. Mm -hmm. He worked with the DIA. And, uh, both of them did. They were there for my case, and they weren't there very long. The agencies started becoming involved at this point. Yeah. They told me, we're going to vindicate you. This was the first week or two they were there investigating my case. We're going to vindicate you. We want you to take part of a brand new series we just about to roll out called UFOs Over Earth. And you'll be the first episode, and everybody will believe you. So I agreed to it. And... That was within two or three weeks after we met them. They had already sold me on this, this thing that uh, Discovery was creating with them. And um, they, they made it hard for the family because they tried to debunk the whole thing. Right. It turned out it was the opposite. Yeah. They humiliated you. They humiliated your family. You, yeah. were, you became kind of outcast within your own community. Um, by this time, your wife had already had her own experiences and seen the beings, and she just didn't want to talk about it because the implications among her friends, family, and church were kind of yeah. unspeakable. She was an outcast. You were all outcast. Right. So this was a very, very challenging time for you and your kids and your wife, right? Yeah, exactly. This didn't stay this way forever. I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. So let's make the transition to after this, which alphabet soup players showed up that actually started seriously looking at this. And also I would like you to tell us when the lady came into the story because she's the key player. So tell us first about the lady, then we'll go to the agency people. We're going to shift ahead five years to 2012. So it's important to know when that being on the on that that ran up to me and I surrendered to and said, we're here to help you and not hurt you. It also told me that I was to tell everything that I know that I had to tell the world about what I was shown. And it put it in my head in a way that I was consumed with it from that very first moment. And that is not what you wanted to do at all, quite the opposite, but it was setting up the notion that you now accept that you are a messenger. So, okay, so that happened. Now is it time to leap to the lady? Because of the Discovery Show and the ridicule that happened to my family and children, I was ready to quit. 
I was angry at the phenomenon. I was grateful because my Crohn's was no more. I've not had any more Crohn's sickness, any sickness uh, except rheumatoid arthritis. They took but care of it? The beings, the energy of the beings took care of it? Took care of the Crohn's. They, they cured your Crohn's, yeah. yeah. That night, Saturday night, Sunday morning's Easter, I walked outside and I shouted to the heavens, uh, thank you for healing me. Thank you for uh, all of that, but I'm so angry because now look at my children. I'm responsible for what's happened to them. I, I'm not ever going to talk about this again. I'm shouting this to the heaven. I was really serious because I just wanted to share a video or a photo with somebody so they would believe me, but nobody that kept calling me a liar and crazy. I went in and I went to bed 9.30 and at three in the morning, I heard a loud voice, the same loud voice that spoke to me, uh, but louder, deeper. This loud, deep voice woke me out of my sleep and startled me. It was that loud and that deep. It said, arise. And I jumped up from laying down totally asleep to a sitting up position and quite frightened a bit because it was such a manly, deep voice. And I'm looking and it's three o'clock on my nightstand clock. And next thing I know, I am led out of my house, uh, fully dressed. And I wasn't fully dressed asleep. Uh, I had shoes, everything on. I was led outside to the same area where that being spoke to me five years earlier. There were three shadowy figures in front of me walking ahead of me. and I was like entranced in tow behind them. They lead me out there and they hand me this object that looks like a tube with a round ends like a pill. Just looked just like a pill, a tic-tac, but it's only yay big, like a but it felt like a doll, like a, a living puppy with no head or no legs or, or no tail. It was just furry and felt uh, prickly to my hands and it frightened me I didn't know what it was it was warm and felt alive so I, it was dark I dropped it and I heard this voice that said no you must keep it pick it up so when I bent over to pick it up there's no more shadowy figures there and so I opened the dog kennel and I set it inside to, to keep it from harming me I didn't know what they had given me I had no clue and it prickled my hands and the minute I closed the dog kennel and stood up this wind came and blew me down backwards i mean it was a mighty wind blew me straight over backwards and as i blew over backwards i could see the tree in front of me disappear it's like a hole opens up and out of that hole this cow runs right over top a, a bull a big one but it was translucent i could see up through it now i'm on my back and i rolled in my stomach to jump up to run because I didn't know where it had gone and there was no more cow there. Instead, about six feet away, there is this most beautiful lady uh, I had ever seen. And she's wearing this white dress that had a collar and it, the sleeves were saggy and there were rolls in her dress, but they went out there and her, just the front of her feet were sticking out. She's hovering three feet off the ground. She was probably four, four and a half foot tall at the most. She wasn't very tall. 
but beautiful. Blue eyes and this translucent golden hair. And she looks at me, she leans forward, look at me very seriously. Now, I had just gone through this most powerful experience of this bull scaring me to death, running out of the woods, powerful animal, and now I'm looking at a beautiful woman. Well, and this, this headless, legless puppy that you were handed. Yeah, I forgot about that already. I'm right. looking at this woman. Yeah. She says, you know why I'm here. She said, this is your burden. You must be. You have to tell what it is you have experienced. She didn't tell me what to say. She just said, you have to tell what it is you have experienced. And, uh, and I will help you. I will help you from now on with witnesses. I'll help you with your camera and video. And uh, I'll be there with you forever as long as you agree to tell what you know. And I'm thinking, what do I tell? What do I tell? She said, just tell what you know. And um, next thing I know, I am passed out at the back door uh, with trash on me from laying on the dirt, the leaves from this hole, and, and she was gone. So for everybody wanting to know, I went back to see what this thing was. They handed me and it was not there. But asking her what it was, she said it was symbolic of humanity at this point in history. Humanity has lost its direction. It has no head or no tail. If we don't wake the people up, uh, humanity could be lost to, to things that um, may be in store for us, bad things, wars and all that. They showed me all that, which I don't talk about, but um, I want to stay positive and only manifest what she said could happen, which is the return of the divine feminine, the mother. There's a power shift in heaven that is written in the stars that this new age coming will be the feminine rule, the, the, the mother, and that the peace would come to this planet. That's what she told me. Chris, she said this to you definitively. Now, you were shown other things that other people have been shown, especially right. those who have ET contact. They show, generally, they show detriment and devastation to the earth itself if we can't wise up and start kicking and harming her. I mean, I think the part that is you know, so wonderful is that it, COVID was a wonderful example. As soon as we weren't traveling and flying and doing much, all the animals start coming out, species were perking back up. COVID was great for Mother Earth because there wasn't a lot of human activity and she recovers quickly. But they showed you what can happen if we don't wise up, that it yeah. could be really bad. Yeah, I, I saw uh, visions of wars, extremely bad. And uh, just earth, uh, climate changes, huge tidal waves, all that, what everybody yeah, yeah. has experienced. But what she told me was none of this has to happen if we wake up. And um, that's what it is of, uh, that I feel I need to do is introduce this to the people. Listen, I don't know what it is we're dealing with. I, I have a good idea, but I don't know. Nobody does. It's too complex. And 
Uh, you know, I know there are these players there and these and these and these, but who the heck knows, right? Well, yes, and just to validate something that what she was telling you, um, many years ago, I was speaking with my own group of beings, the main one, my main guide. And I don't need to go into any detail how that all occurred, but that's been a lifelong thing. And they were telling me that, because I was asking about Edgar Casey's predictions, which shows a lot of what you're talking about as a potential. And they said, these are potentials, but uh, much of this will not happen as the consciousness of humanity starts changing. Yeah. That the humanity, that the our minds and emotions and our deeds are so inextricably intertwined with the aura and intelligence and emotions of earth that as we change that we change the outcome of what she expresses so that sounds completely in alignment with what you were told yeah now i'm faced with the whole community thinking i'm crazy right nothing's changed they all think i'm crazy and if i tell this they're going to hang me out to dry they'll have me in a rubber room somewhere so i was Tight lip. I didn't want to tell it. And two weeks later, uh, I get an invitation to speak, and I went right away. And I hadn't spoken in five years, right? Four years. I had completely gone silent. But now I'm eager to tell the story. And I'll fast forward to 2013, Easter. Suddenly, I'm awakened to this warm, bright light right above me. And it's just above my bed. It's just beautiful light. And it starts drawing me up. And I find myself floating up to the ceiling, through the ceiling. Now I see that the light wasn't right above me. It was way up there, shining through the top of my house. And I went right up through the attic. I saw everything up there. We had a walk-in attic. Um, and I was pulled up into this light. And then... We're way up high. I remember this explicitly. And we come down in a canyon, which I believe may be Utah or somewhere around the four corners. I'm not sure. Uh, but Utah is stuck in my brain for some reason. We were in this orb. It's always like a, a clear ball. It's round. You can touch the walls, but you, you, you can't see it. You see through it perfectly. So we land in this desert place now i'm walking down this desert canyon with walls up each side it's about 100 yards across and the sandy is reddish white sand or yellow way up ahead i see this light and uh it's coming from a side curve in the canyon so we make it down there and i'm in tow behind these th same three shadowy beings I, I don't feel like i have control i'm uh, and I'm not scared. I haven't been scared since it all happened to begin with. We get all the way up to the turn, and when we make this curve, there I see what looks like Butler Wash Canyon or somewhere like that in Utah where they have these levels. It's like a terrace, and she's standing or her feet are hovering above the, the shelf, and there's a huge stone chair. She, meaning the lady, a lady is back. And her light is is glowing in the whole valley is lit up. And these beings with me, they just turned bowed like that and walked away and disappeared. And now I'm standing there with her. And I don't remember much of what she told me. 
at all. But I recall in your book, she told you that that when the, the alignment, yeah, the alignment. Yeah. Tell us about that alignment because that's key because Easter keeps popping up. So tell yeah. us about the alignment she shared with you. That was the only thing I really remember. Right. Uh, but she, she, again, she leans over. She always leans towards me when she speaks. Uh, and it's this most warm, loving, beautiful feeling. Um, she said, when the red star of Regulus, now keep in mind, I have no clue what Regulus is or any yeah. of this. She said, when the red star of Regulus appears in the gaze of the Sphinx just before dawn, it'll be at that time when a new knowledge will be born unto humanity. I came back talking to my uh, my literary agent, Lisa Hagen, I said, Lisa, you won't believe what this lady told me. And immediately, within a few days, she writes me back saying uh, she had her authors that do astrology run this in a chart. And it yeah. actually is an alignment. She was like, man, you won't believe there is a real alignment. <laughs> it's like Easter of 2026. Uh, right, Easter again, because yeah. the, you keep having these experiences on Easter. So this is prime, and it's also the spring equinox, uh, usually right about that, right? And so uh -huh. the, they didn't tell you the nature of it other than that, wait and see, there will be a new knowledge born uh -huh. on it. What's important at this point is a lot of people think, oh, that's going to be disclosure. The disclosure everybody's waiting for isn't going to happen that way. I've been saying this for years. It's already happened. It's happening every day. Disclosure is you. It's it's many people um, with their piece of the puzzle. So disclosure's already happened. The government's not going to tell us, uh, make some public statement. So for you, I, I talked to you about this once before. Why do you think that is? Because everyone's waiting for the government and you say that is never going to happen. I think they've done about what they're going to do, and that's to declassify it where it was really classified. Now we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, they came forward amongst COVID. Many people didn't see it and uh, said, you know, this thing is real. We got footage from the Nimitz or whichever carrier it was. And it's real and here are the pilots to tell you it's real. and of course so many people distrust the government they just it's never enough but yet they want the government to tell them right <laughs> when the government's the very one that they don't trust right exactly yeah. so let's so, suffice it to say what you believe it's never going to happen because first they don't even understand that this is a spiritual evolution revolution yeah. right yeah they they know it's conscience-based and they don't know how to tell it. They, why do they even worry with me? I mean, I've been studied by government more than anybody. I have government friends abroad everywhere. You not only are um, have been researched, they've sent people out from all of the alphabet, alphabet soup agencies to study you, including people at the very top of the heap in that. You have yeah. met with legislators, senators uh, yeah. privately. They've come to your home. Um, you have been, the presidents have been advised about you yeah. and your case. So, I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah. And it's because it's you. There's something about you that people know is so authentic. And these cases are so, these incidents are so rich 
uh, with meaning. So one of them said, you said the same thing to him. You said, why do you come here and bother with me? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he said, they like you. Please yeah. explain that. They he, they said, because they'll come for you. They won't come for us. We want them <laughs> to come. So let's talk about that and how through the years, the lady helped you get all this evidence. It was NASA that first came to the house. And uh, of course, we were terrified of government because our our little bit of involvement with the UFO world, it was all men in black back then. And even the movies were out and the government was, would kill you. And we kept hearing that. And so imagine NASA knocking on my door and my little 13 year old answering the door <laughs> and after hearing all this before, right? And so we were scared of them. And I straight up asked, why are you here? You've got telescopes and space planes and all the money in the world. Why are you in, in Hope Mills, North Carolina? He said, we see them, but they have nothing at all to do with us. We can't get close to them. They appear and disappear whenever they want and have nothing. We, we know they like you and we'd like to study it. And that, uh, that changed everything. My fear of the government kind of went away and and yeah, everybody is. Well, been you've been meeting with them to this day. And in fact, you're taking off tomorrow to meet with some people in D.C. Yeah. High levels. So this continues. You've been taken inside uh, mission control at yeah. NASA. You have high clearances. Besides the fact that the lady has helped you um, actually capture a lot of these different orbs and things on film for people to look at. Experiences have happened where the, someone that's studying this comes over and boom, yeah. something is put on, a show is put on for their benefit so they can see this is real. Maybe just tell us um, a little bit, like, because you be began having healing capabilities where you could just, if someone was in trouble, this they they healed you and you were able to start healing others. Let's talk about just one slice of it with your dog. Okay, when your dog was injured and you had a, a, a high level witness. Two weeks after the lady came in 2013, remember she told me about the alignment, but I, I know that this was because of her. She did something to me. I don't know what she did. And um, I think it might come out at time in the science of it because uh, they got some clues. It was 2013. Because that's when, when they had the UFO Congress. The lady came. Two weeks later, Grant Cameron, a researcher, and he calls me and he says, I'm on the way from D.C. to Florida. Can I stop and, and see? I had met him once at a, at, at a gathering. So I said, yeah. And he came and he, 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 he drove down. He stayed a couple of days. And we had all really enjoyed his company. Nothing really strange happened. Um, and then he left. He went to Florida, did his thing, and he comes back. On the way back, he stops again. We had this burning tree, just very uh, famous. So he gets out of the car, and we walk immediately back. And my Labrador retriever follows us out there, Nelly. And 20 minutes at the tree, we walk back to the house, dog in tub. She's standing. She'd lay on the grass when we'd stop to talk. So we stopped short of the house and uh, uh, spoke to Grant. I said, do you want my children to help you get your bags? You can 
use the restroom or whatever. And he says, sure. So he turns to walk to the door ahead of me. Nellie jumps up and runs by me and by Grant. And when she did, I saw blood shoot out of her neck and cover his pants legs. And then it's all the way across the patio. In the back door, she ran. And I'm panicked. I ran in and I tackled her and got the slamming the floor and blood everywhere. It was slick. I got her out the back door and laid her on the patio and she's bleeding to death. She's got a two inch hole or inch and a half, two inches gashing across her neck right there. And when her heart was beating, blood was pumping out. I had my hand on her neck. Grant and everybody's freaked out what's happened to Nellie. And I knew when I come to realize there was no help for her, she was going to die right there. Finally, I just looked up and I said, God, what do I do? Don't let my dog die. And when I said that, I felt her, uh, instead of struggling, she went limp. And I have a famous picture of her laying there flat. She never moved after that. Uh, and I had a washcloth. Chris Jenner had gone in and got one and I had it on her neck, trying to hold compression. And the minute I said that, she went limp and when I lifted that washcloth there was no more hole in her neck it was completely gone no sign of a scar and everybody there saw it and so that led that rumor didn't take long in the intel world to to get around and within a year or so I'm in Washington DC do you mind sharing the to the degree we can because you've had to sign security oaths and all that and also the beings that you're working with the lady included have said there will please share what you know but there are a few things they said just hold back on a little bit give us a little more time but let me ask you this as far as you know all these different departments you've met with and their studying of you what are they looking for in you well they're studying what it is we're uh, using sensors to see this stuff. Uh, people ask me, oh, you've got this or you're seeing that or drones. No, we've had some of the highest tech equipment they make. There's there's machines called ADAT machines, which are artificial intelligence. And they set them up in my yard and two of them at the time, and they film the whole sky, and they're connected to the U.S. government database. They know where every satellite is, where a nut or a bolt in space is, or any air traffic, or any drone. Um, and so we've eliminated it. We've, we've uh, the doubt, and now it's about communication. It's, they know it's telepathy, that it's talking to me. They know it the way it responds when I ask it to, to speak in it it comes back with flashes and appearances and and we believe there's messages in the light maybe sometimes they're doing Morse codes maybe the pulses in the light I don't know we're studying a lot of things right now about this what do they do to to study you personally and how this has affected you and the capabilities that you've taken on uh, you know, in the book, you read about the last chapter talks about Monroe Institute, and they had me all wired up with these, um, this, their latest equipment, and two other machines would not work on me. They're two best machines, and it really got the best of their scientists there, electrical engineers. This just shouldn't be happening. You have defeated this machine. <laughs> so we recreated that on film. 
and I think it uh, it'll all come more to light this year of what it is they found. But I can't talk a whole lot about that. But there's definitely something there. Yeah. Okay. I respect that. Now you did talk because I said to you once um, before I said that my feeling was quite naturally that you were here from where you're part of that family that's speaking to you. You know, the lady well, Um, and these are your, like a soul family to you. And you said, well, I think you said a guy at NASA once told you, and please share that. (laughs) That was my friend, Hal Plavenmeyer. He's an old time NASA guy. He was there from when it was before it was NASA. He actually studied under, uh, J. Allen Hynek at, at Ohio State. Yeah. So to give him the credibility he deserved, 59 years at NASA, he, before he died, I said, Al, what is it they want? And he said, Chris, uh, I think they're your family. And uh, that kind of hit home because he saw him with me. He was there. He experienced it. And he knew that it was communicating with me. That felt true to you, and that feels true to me. Um, and that's why you didn't really have a choice in this. Um, yeah. And you're a very, uh, just a very kind, humble family man. And so it's interesting. You never have gotten lost in it like a lot of the people who have been, you know, in contact. They get lost in it, um, in the story, and and sometimes get lost in the hype and the fame and everything. That's not you. You're the real deal, which is why I really wanted people to meet you. Um, and you have these messages embedded within you. And you have a spoiler alert in a sense, because they said. In the end, we're going to win. We're going to win. To keep that, uh, we, we, we've got to unite the, the people in, in an awakening that we're not alone and that something created us and programmed us and is there watching and wants to interact with us. It wants us to know. And um, I think in the, in the end, we're going to win. And it'll be that divine feminine energy, the mother, and uh, peace will come. That's what she explained to me. And so in the end, who do you believe the lady is? She seems to be a spirit, right? And um, all these things, I believe, are spirits. Uh, In fact, the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits. And maybe she's the Holy Spirit. Just maybe. I kind of see her as that. (laughs) I love it. So, um, like I mentioned earlier, you're off to D.C. again tomorrow. What are they working on with you this time? Oh, it's a Memorial Day party. Oh, a party. Okay, good for you. Because now these guys are your friends. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's quite a few of them I'll get to see and hang out with. and Yeah. That's going to be a fun thing and interesting as well. Are they still working with you? Are they still studying certain things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're right in the middle of some breaking stuff and it's just beginning. We've been we've been experimenting with this quantum entanglement, <clears throat> having it appear in two and three locations. And they can't figure that out. Um, uh, I have a friend and a professor in Spain, Granada, Spain, with a lady that 
lost her husband. And she was in a terrible way. It had been for a month. And he calls me and he says, Chris, can you, can, you got to help my friend Mercedes. And I, I hope she could hear this because she'd love to hear me talk about her. But um, from a total wreck to a transformed human being, she has become. Because that night, it was two o'clock here, just dark over there, it's eight hours, I think ahead. And he called me, he said, can you help my friend Mercedes? She's just a wreck. I said, yeah, go outside, stand on the back and look up uh, towards the uh, Big Dipper in that way. And this, it was two o'clock here, right? So I just laid down and I just concentrated on uh, the, the earth from above. I could position myself up high and see both points and then the point in the northern sky. And within a minute, these orbs started appearing and flashing her over and over above her head. And it changed that uh, she's a happy person and, and doing podcasts now. <laughs> I love it. Right. Because all of this, uh, your ability started coming forward from what you naturally are, that you were just you were playing the role of Chris Bledsoe, the carpenter, the the contractor, the family man. But the reality is you have all these things embedded within you uh, from the nature of your own being. And they all started coming forward. So you've been called upon in large cases, even involving the Pope, to do some a remote viewing, a remote healing. All of this is in your purview now. You 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 are called upon to do all these things, and you are you kindly oblige people. Yeah, I feel obligated to. Yeah, it's every day. People, there's no no short short uh, list of people that need help or are sick or suffering. So there are a lot of them reach out every day. I include them in my every night. I go up and I look up at the heavens and I ask these these beings, you know, to, to remember these people, hear their names, I'll get their names, you know, or where they live. And magic sometimes happens uh, with everyone, but for some reason it, it does. And, and that's your quantum entanglement. And that's why they're studying it to see how we are connected. We're all entangled. We're all connected. Yeah. And when you have someone that has the ability to be clear clear-hearted, clear-minded, and to be able to send a good intention that that person is willing to receive doesn't matter. Distance and time doesn't matter. We're all entangled and they're studying you to actually see what that's all about. And I, I love, I love to hear that the government actually has some studies going on that can, even if they're, you know, agencies that are more obscure, that are really looking to understand the magic of what it is to be in this world together. Think about this, how how crazy it is. My manager lives in, uh, he's from Washington, D.C., right? He lives up uh, near Mount Weather, which is one of the most secure facilities in the world. It's where the continuity of government continues if some disaster happens, right? So uh, he, he buys a camera just like mine, and we go out, he's looking up toward Mount Weather and that part of the sky and suddenly orbs started appearing over him. Um, right over Mount Weather, hovering, and he's taking photos and stuff of this. And so imagine what our leaders are thinking about how this thing <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> right over there by secure facilities. I love it. In fact, um, I think it was just a few days ago uh, from the time we're recording this that um, SpaceX, uh, Musk's SpaceX, put a capsule up. And when it separated, the video from the outside was showing there were UFOs everywhere they're zipping all over the place and all around the capsule and they didn't scrub it nasa was known and i know about this from uh, the disclosure in dc years ago um nasa has scrubbed video and they're known to scrub video of these things this is unscrubbed this isn't nasa people it was caught on film and anyone who wants to go look at that spacex launch um we'll see all these little ufos flying around it's right there right there in plain sight so it's happening that's disclosure uh, I, they've been appearing like that around these things for years. Yeah. I've it's just that the, they were yeah. scrubbed out before and now they're not scrubbed out. The video exists. Everybody's looking at it online. I think millions of people have watched it. So that's disclosure for us. It's right there to see with our own eyes. And so before we say goodbye, and I really can't wait to hear, cause you say there are some impending kind of big things about to happen. Right. Before the end of this year, we're going to all know, uh, Maybe all of us, because there's a lot of people to get word to, right? <laughs> but those paying attention will get, uh, you get it'll become more real, this whole thing. And mm -hmm. it'll take a long time to ever, um, to to get it fully, uh, the whole world to understand that the, the history books are not what we think they are. They're, yeah. they're completely different. And the fact that evolution and all that notion has to go out the window is just a whole new world ahead of us. And uh, it's, just, it's time that it happens. It's time that we come into peace and quit fighting one another. I mean, they used to do it with a sword, right? But at least they didn't go in and kill all the women and the children and the whole towns and bomb cities in the wintertime, like Kiev and over in Ukraine. It's Remotely with a drone. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. No, it's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. So we take the messages. We, I, all, everybody watching this will take the messages forward. And, and Chris, I want to thank you. And then as things roll out over the next year or two, I'd love to get back with you and, and hear what you, you're aware of and those around you. And we'll kind of take it from there. But for right now, I just want to thank you for being uh, the amazing human being that you are also embodied within you, all of these other capabilities that you're so generously bringing forward to us. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for that. That was mighty kind of you. I really appreciate that. Again, everybody, if you want to go a little further into this or a lot further into it, you can go to ufoofgod.com uh, on that and also Instagram where you can see a lot of the photos and also videos that he has captured on film that we've been talking about. So it's really quite extraordinary. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com.